970 WAMD Aberdeen, and this is the Harford Edge, keeping you on the cutting edge of what's new in Harford County and beyond. I'm co-host Jennifer Button from the Harford County Public Library, and that is Bob Mundy. The Harford Edge is brought to you each week by your Harford County Public Library. Today we'll be speaking with Bob Brown, Chair of the Harford County Commission on Veterans Affairs. Good morning, Bob. Good morning. Good morning, everyone. Um, we're really glad to have you here uh, because it's such a great work that you folks do. I know uh, you don't do it for the salary. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, and we really can't wait to talk about it. Uh, this, the first segment we do is just our annoyance segment, uh, and we acknowledge that um, we're not perfect, but some things really get on our nerves, and, um, and we like to share in, in the hopes of maybe educating people and um, maybe just letting them know that um, they're being rude um, or they're not being nice. But we ran into this again. Uh, I mentioned this before, but I ran into again. These tire and battery stores, I won't say the name, always, always check when they tell you something because they often have scripts to upsell you the most expensive tire or the most expensive battery and um, they take advantage of people who are in a hurry or maybe a little submissive or maybe they're they're just um, they don't have a certain amount of knowledge uh, and the story I'm gonna tell it again I went in there I need a I have a basic Buick Lucerne uh, I had a tire that had a had, had a a leak and it was on, you know, it was on the sidewall, so you really can't patch it. Um, so I said I needed a new tire, and um, guy said, "Okay, good news is we have it. Bad news is it's two hundred sixty-five dollars." I said, "I don't have a Humvee out there, you know. I don't have a, a 707. <laughs> and um, he said, "Well, you know, that's what that." tired to figure car is. I said, so you have nothing else in stock? Oh yeah, we have others. I said, can I see what else is in stock? And he actually, I, he said, sure, and he showed me. I said, can you bring up the full page on his monitor? It was like eight tires starting at $79.99, going up to $265. <laughs> but how many people would just say, oh, okay, you're the expert. You're telling me that's the kind of tire I need for my car. So always check. <laughs> always, always, always check. The um, Foundation for Wounded Soldiers called me the other day. Charity. Uh, and these are all the phone charities. I mean, give locally, don't give over the phone. Foundation for Wounded Soldiers. Beautiful calls. I said, if I gave you $1,000, how much goes to this foundation? Um, 9%. So after expenses. So uh, I said, what's the 91% for? Or that's for our, for our marketing firm, and that's what the foundation pays us uh, to raise the funds. And they have a bunch of people sitting at a phone bank doing cold calls. And um, millions of dollars go from well-meaning people every year from these, the Firefighters Burn Fund, the Children's Wish Foundation. Um, don't send these people checks. Ask them to send you something. Um, and I'm send you the uh, Form 990 as well. And you know, Bob, you've shared that with us a couple of weeks now. And 
you know, as I've started thinking about it, in what other business world would 91% going to an outside organization and your organization's only keeping 9%, in what other realm does that ever seem like it's an acceptable percentage? Aside from the fact that, you know, you're representing yourself as a charity and, and 91% of that should be going to the charity. I mean, how did somebody ever decide that that was going to be well, an acceptable the, percentage? The, 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 the enforcement and the monitoring of these organizations is not great. You have 50 state attorney generals or state attorneys general that often don't work together. Um, it, it, you know, they're technically um, not breaking the law the, the, unless the charity is completely bogus. And that's often the case if the charity is supposedly a nonprofit like this one. The uh, Project Cure, 53 million they've collected in the past 10 years. Um, less than a million dollars has gone to the charity. But the charity uh, breaks even because the husband and wife who run it get paid like $400,000 a year mm -hmm. salary. So it's just a combination of the enforcement and due process. They, they hide behind due process because uh, it's technically not fraud if, if they, they don't make any material misrepresentations. They're not telling you how much they're keeping unless you ask them. And, some, and often they'll just hang up on you. But here's the list. Police Protective Fund, Veterans Assistance Foundation, Defeat Diabetes Foundation, the Optical Medical Foundation, Circle of Friends for American Veterans, nine, nine million, four percent went to the ultimate charity, whoever it was. Um, and thanks to the folks at the Tampa Tribune, they do a great job of putting these stats together. Just tell everyone you know, don't, don't give them a dime, ask them to send you something. Give to charities your time or in money uh, that you know. So now that I'm really furious. I'm sorry, we didn't mean to wind you up this morning. <laughs> <laughs> All righty, trivia. Yes, I would love to try to stump you this morning. Okay. And uh, Mr. Brown, I believe you're going to try to help Mr. Mumby? Yes. Sure. All right. Whether he likes it or not. We already... <laughs> yeah, we, we didn't give him a warning about, uh, about trivia, but I have faith in you, too. All right, in the movie Bambi. <laughs> it, it, that's a bad start. That's a real bad start. In the movie Bambi, what type of animal is Bambi's friend, Flower? Um, that's not the rabbit. That's not the rabbit. The rabbit's Thumper. Thumper? Mm-hmm. Fox. No. It is a skunk. See, I, I hate to say it, I've never seen Bambi. I've never, and I don't, don't, don't tell Mary Hassler that, because um, the CEO of the library is the biggest Disney <coughs> fan on the planet. So, um, so you got us there. Well, I won't tell you how it ends, because I don't want to ruin the movie for you. I... I uh, I think it's sad. Maybe that's what... It is a sad movie. Okay, so that's that's another reason not to watch it. <laughs> All right. Uh, which music group has received the most Grammy Awards? Beatles. Oh, no, no, no. No. Because they didn't have Grammys in the 60s, did right. they? 
please don't let it be someone like, you know, Boys to Men or the no. Spice Girls. No, no. No, you two. It is you two. Oh, okay. Yes. Someone with industry respect. Yes. Uh, the state of Georgia is famous for what fruit? Peaches. Yes. Peaches. peaches. And every other street is named Peach something. Peach yes. Peach Street, thank you. And it smells wonderful when you drive through that state in the summertime. Georgia Peach. Wasn't that Ty, Ty Cobb's um, nickname? Was it? I've I think it was. I've never heard of a man referred to as a Georgia Peach before. Well, I think it was facetious because he was known for sharpening his spikes oh, right. uh, for when he was sliding into second base. Uh, <laughs> that makes a lot of and, sense. Um, I'll come, I'll, I'm, I'm, I'm sure it was facetious. Uh, who wrote the novel Moby Dick? Herman Melville. Yes. And it is great. And you should read it, not just because of what we remember before you were born. Remember watching that movie with Gregory Peck oh, yeah. as Captain Ahab and at the end with the whale? But it, it's Melville wrote this, he was only 27, and he wrote this, the first half of the book is him deciding whether he's going to stay on land or he was going to go on merchant ships ships and he had this wanderlust and um it, it's really just a little great look into a young person's uh, mind back then in 1850 or whenever it was and, and just so you know bob uh, i grew up on classic movies so i have seen the movie with Gregory Peck. Yeah, but not the now when it first came <laughs> out. <laughs> okay. Um, in what country would you find Mount Kilimanjaro, where a couple of our friends are currently trekking? Everyone says Kenya, but it's Tanzania. Correct. And they're supposed to reach the summit today. Yes. We have two friends who are doing a climbing Kilimanjaro to raise awareness um, for a charity. Pat and PJ Chambers, let's give them some, um, a shout out. Uh, they're, uh, Pat's daughter, Megan, and PJ's sister, Megan. Uh, little Sawyer, four-year-old, has uh, autism. And Megan started this charity called Beyond Limits um, to help parents navigate uh, um, the school system and other institutions and resources um, uh, f uh, for for kids with uh, learning disabilities and autism and some other some other things so Pat who's 54 and PJ who's like 32 they're climbing Kilimanjaro mm -hmm. and today is the day that they're supposedly reaching the summit and they're gonna send a picture with that poster we all signed. Yes, yes, we've been following them on Facebook to see what Tanzania looks like. And what did you write on the poster? Uh, I don't remember something like, good luck and we love you and we hope you come back. Uh, I, I wrote, um, just remember guys, an 84-year-old woman did it. Excuse me. Um, okay, in 1783... The first free flight of a hot air balloon carrying a human occurred in what city? 1783. Paris. Yes. Isn't that amazing? They were, they were really ahead of, on a lot of things. Yeah. Um, 
But um, well, I was going to make a, a World War II comment, but I won't. <laughs> oh, yes, I can. All right. <laughs> the, uh, that. Um, <coughs> flies to um, uh, it, it, uh, some organization that raised money for him. He was in one of the uh, divisions that uh, landed at Omaha Beach, and he's now in his 80s, and uh, he lands at the Gaul Airport, and he didn't have something with him or, or something, and the custom agent was being snippy. Um, and it, it, it went back and forth in the... In the the customs agent said, sir, have you never traveled? Have you never been um, to France before? He said, yeah, once before, but there were no Frenchmen there ch checking my passport <laughs> when, I let, when I got here. <laughs> <laughs> Boom. <laughs> End of story. <clears throat> All right. Um, what movie did Elvis Presley first appear in? Ooh. He is near and dear to my heart, so I hope you get this right. Um, it wasn't, um, um, the prison one? No, it was not Jailhouse Rock. It was 1956, mm -hmm. and it was about, uh, the Civil War. Oh, Johnny, um, uh, oh, I, I, I'm skipping my That's oh, all it's, right. It's, it's skipping my mind. It is Love Me Tender. Uh, which, by the way, is a, a nursery song, the melody. Is it? Yes. Do you know what the nursery rhyme is? Um, oh. All right. Let us know what you do. Um, at what temperature are Celsius and Fahrenheit equal? Mm. And I had no idea. This is figure it outable. Well. Zero Celsius is 32 Fahrenheit. So um, we'd have to go down 1.8. Divide 1.8 into 32, 10, 1.8, and then 10, 14. That's 17. About 5 degrees? It's negative 40. Negative 40. Oh, multiply. I have never in my life been able to figure out the difference. Like, if, it's, if I know the Fahrenheit, I have no idea how to figure out Celsius. So negative 40, 40 times 1.8 is um, um, 72. So 72 from 32, negative 40. Huh. All right, I'm calling you for math questions from now on. It really makes, you know, there's only three countries in the world that aren't on the metric system. Them. We're one of them, yeah. and I think Kenya and another country in Africa are the only other two. All right, last question, Bob. Which school did Michael Jordan play basketball for in college? University of North Carolina. Yep, it was the Tar Heels. He only played his freshman year, mm -hmm. and he's from Wilmington, North Carolina. And um, 
the Cleveland Cavaliers had the first pick of that draft, and they picked um, Sam Bowie from the University of Kentucky. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Sam Bowie played about six months, then broke his foot, and he never played again. And the Bulls, the Bulls went second, and they drafted Jordan. Because he was a freshman coming out, and so some people thought, you know. Mm -hmm. So just but goes to show. It's like the guys that uh, decided trading Babe Ruth was a good idea. Right. You know? Yes. Uh, well, the Red Sox, right? Yeah. That was the the curse of the Bambino. Yep. Um, okay. Um, we'll do a little bit of news, and then we'll take a break, and then um, we'll talk about why we're really here. Um, Lots of things are happening that we have to watch. Um, there was uh, the Habit of Grace Police uh, sent out a press release um, talking about um, uh, there was an elderly gentleman um, who was um, at his house and t two men showed up um, in, a, in, a, um, in a pickup truck and th they asked him if he had any junk in the backyard and um um and they would take it away for free so he took one of the guys in the pickup truck into the backyard then they got in the car the truck and drove away they said oh they couldn't use that and he found out his wallet was taken off his kitchen table for, by the other guy mm -hmm. um and you just never know and just don't be paranoid, but be aware. I was driving down Patterson Mill Road. I think I mentioned this to you a few weeks ago. And it's unpaved. And there's a stream that run, it runs along Bynum Run. And I come around a bend, and about 100 yards up, I see uh, two bikes laying by the side of the road. And I see a van. And um, two guys get out of the van. Um, and I, I realized they were getting out of the van to steal the bikes because um, kids always come down and play in the stream. So I flashed my high beams and beeped, and they, they got in the van and sped away. And I pull up, and there's two, like, 12-year-old <coughs> girls who had left their bikes by the road and were down throwing rocks and building a little dam in the stream. And, um... I explained to them, I said, I, I think someone was here looking at stealing your bikes. So, and again, you would never think, especially in that area, but it's more and more. There's a lot of crimes of opportunity taking place. Um, so, lock your cars. Always assume something can happen, because it may. And then um, take it from there. And we always like to report on this. Uh, we don't like to, but we must. Uh, we're up to 61 deaths and uh, 323 overdoses uh, from opioids and heroin and fentanyl and, um, and car fentanyl. So we've already passed um, last year uh, in total number of deaths and number of overdoses. So all we can do is just keep making sure it's on everybody's radar. And thanks to every, all the folks and resources in the county that have gotten together and are working on this. So 
And we're going to take a break. When we come back, we'll be talking with Bob Brown, Chair of Harford County Commission on Veterans Affairs. Library Foundation 13th Annual Gala, La La Library, an evening in the stacks will be held Saturday, November 4th at 7 p.m. at the Abington Library. The Gala Harford County Public Library Foundation signature event welcomes more than 600 guests each year and features an extensive menu of hors d'oeuvres and drinks, entertainment by mood swings, a live and silent auction. This year's theme, La La Library, focuses on the timeless and classic old Hollywood song and dance days. Sponsorships, which include tickets to the gala, are available starting at just $750. To purchase a sponsorship, contact Nina Detkin at D-E-P-K-I-N-N at hcplonline.org. Proceeds from the event will support a wide range of programs and resources, including new technologies, community outreach, and stream programs an innovative new space, and collections that will offer customers of all ages the opportunity to explore, create, discuss, and learn. For more information about Lala Library, visit eveninginthestacks.org. The Harford County Public Library's Innovation Lab, located at the Abington Library, is now open to the public with hands-on training for area community members ages 6th grade and above. Through creative experiences in the Innovation Lab, you can develop new skills, resources, and products that will help to drive Harford County's economy forward. The Innovation Lab's technology includes the MarketBot Replicator 5th Generation 3D Printer, 3D creation software including MarketBot and PrinterBot, 123D Make and 123D Design, professional green screen with Studio Lightbox, and both Apple and Windows computers all to help create your electronic video, audio publishing, and 3D design projects. For more information or to reserve the Innovation Lab for your special project, call 410-638-3990 or visit the Abington Library at 2510 South Tollgate Road. Welcome back. I'm co-host Jennifer Button from the Harford County Public Library. And that is Bob Mummy, and this is the Harford Edge. We're delighted to have Bob Brown, Chair of the Harford County Commission on Veterans Affairs, in the studio with us today. Bob is the incoming Chair of the Harford County Commission on Veterans Affairs and has 23 years of active duty service in the U.S. Army as a field artillery officer, retiring at the rank of Lieutenant Colonel. He is a graduate of both the U.S. Army and the U.S. Marine Corps Command and Staff Colleges. His assignments have included locations in Germany, Korea, Central America, and Japan, as well as posts in the United States. Since retiring from the Army in 2000, Bob has worked in various training, logistics, and program man management jobs for a government contractor and with the federal government. In addition to the work with the Harford County Council on Veterans Affairs, he is also a lifetime member of Disabled American Veterans and member of the American Legion, Association of the United States Army, and the Military Officers Association of America. Welcome, Bob, and thank you so much for coming on with us today. Thank you very much. I'm very glad I'm here. Uh, we can't wait to talk about this because this is so great, um, what uh, you folks do. By the way, I was up in Carlisle. I bought, a, I bought my Buick from a, a faculty member of the War College, War College yeah. up there. Um, and um, so that was, a, that was a nice trip. So tell us a little more uh, uh, about you and how you um, found your way to Harford County and to the, um, the, commi uh, the commission. 
Well, my last uh, station was actually within, uh, in Baltimore County. I worked with the reserves. I worked up and down the East Coast with the reserves, helping them with the Command General Staff College. And from there, uh, once I retired, I got a job in, uh, with the government contractor here in, in Hartford County. And then from there, progressed to different jobs. The, it was kind of interesting how I came into the Harbor County Commission on Veterans Affairs is I was at an Eagle Scout ceremony, do a lot of work with the Boy Scouts. And Captain Jim was there and he said, well, all the veterans please stand up. And afterwards he came over to uh, my wife and I and said, I've got this idea. I've got this idea that I want to, I want to run with. And actually at that prior to that time, um, I guess the, the county executive Barry Glassman had talked with him. And, and so Captain Jim ran with the, uh, he had the idea, the, the vision, took it from him. With, Mr. Glassman's port and took it from there. So that's kind of where, where it started. Then he built the task organized and built the group. So tell us about the, the commission. Um, basic, uh, why, why is it there? Uh, and what are, you, what are you folks working on? Well, it, it, the way I kind of de describe the, the commission and the support for veteran affairs, it, it's, it's, we're kind of like a supporting the veteran is, I see that as a, a really as a three-legged stool. We always have the, the VA the, the federal VA as well as the state VA and their, their pillars. But then in addition to that, there are also the veteran service organizations, the ones you mentioned before, the Legion, the DAV, the VFW, and all, all of those. And then in addition to that, I think that third leg, and a very important leg, are the community resources. And that's really what the Hartford County Commission on Veterans Affairs is doing, is integrating all those three. Because a lot of times what happens, I know from my, myself too, from personal experience and from talking with veterans almost every day, is there's a lot of that, where do I go? Who do I see? And there's, a, again, the big VA, VAs out there, but sometimes people don't want to take those trips down to Baltimore. They don't, want, they don't know where to go, and so they come to the county, and now that we have the, the commission, and say, where do I go? How do I get help? This is an issue, and then we can immediately help them out, put them in contact with, with somebody if we don't have the immediate resource ourselves, but that's what we're doing. We're, we're, we're helping out those veterans who may need some help and then doing outreach as well. Um, and before we go on, let's get the word out there now that this resource fair on October 7th, which is um, two weeks from tomorrow, or, okay, uh, um, at the Bel Air Armory. How do folks find out more about that? Uh, who do they call? What website do they go to? Um, is is Because uh, normally it's just harfordcounty.gov, and then just check, uh, check for the, um, as a matter of fact, because people probably aren't going to write things down. Just go to Harford County Government, and then uh, the website, you click on, there's, you'll find it right there uh, on commissions, and then click on that, and that has all the information on the phone number, how to get a hold of it. Um, and secondly, if you know someone um, or a family member, if you know a veteran, family member of a veteran, someone who you know is close to veterans, just let them know about this. Um, uh, and again, it's on the Harford County, Maryland, uh, Harford County government. Google it. Uh, it's uh, harfordcountymd.gov. Uh, and um, you'll see it very prominently just under uh, commissions, etc. Because, and um, Bob will speak about this, often it's um, the veterans aren't aware and they don't always go searching for the resources. Um, uh, and we want to talk about that as well. So um, two weeks from tomorrow, October 7th, the Red Veterans Resource Fair. Um, okay, uh, to get back to um, um, 
the members of the commission. Um, um, it, it's all volunteer. Yes, all, uh, all volunteers. And um, and it's uh, how is it made up? Is it is it all veterans? Is it uh, also part of community members that can help it's, or? It, it, it's made up. Are the, the core membership right now are veterans? It's made up of. It's kind of a a mix. The way there's 16 members, and the way it was set up with eight eight veteran members and four members representing the general public. Right now, those four members are also uh, veterans. We have, of course, Captain Jim is our county council member. Aberdeen Proving Ground, uh, there is, right now we don't have a person on there, but there is a representative that uh, we're trying to get from Aberdeen Proving Ground. Hartford Community College has a representative, and we also have a representative from the Chamber of Commerce. In addition to that, we also have a, a chaplain, and actually we have met one chaplain who meets, we have a total of three chaplains all together, so we have a, a Catholic chaplain, we have a Protestant chaplain, we have a rabbi, because we find oftentimes that some of those, that support and that help and that moral and spiritual comes into play there as well, as well as we, um, the chaplains have gone into the hospitals and the homeless and helped us out on those sides. Um, so getting information out, uh, helping get information out uh, to the veterans, uh, and again, uh, getting them info about programs and support, uh, et cetera. Give us some examples of <coughs> some of the resources and and things that veterans can avail themselves of um, in our county. Well, it, it's really a, a myriad of different things. We have, a, and a lot of times when veterans come out, we like to put it kind of into different buckets. But the with education, there's a lot of different. Uh, programs available for education. Of course, there's the, the VA, the GI Bill, and now the, the GI Bill that's, that's been extended um, that's available. And Hartford Community College has representatives there that can help out as well. We have with jobs. We have within the Hartford County jobs that are available, and we work with them. And recently we had uh, a couple of people come up and say that they needed, you know, how, where do I find out about jobs? How do I get jobs? And we have several within our Facebook page as well that different companies will come in and say we're hiring veterans so we do that and we're going to have them available at the, at the fair as well. Uh, the benefits and that's kind of a lot of times that's a major thing is people come out and say okay how do I start within the VA system where do I go how do I get my benefits and we'll have people at the resource fair from the the Maryland VA side as well as from uh, we have someone who's going to talk uh, about how you get benefits we'll have the federal VA will talk about benefits so that's another major area for benefits. And then healthcare. We have PeriPoint. A lot of people know how to navigate the system. How do you get into that system? And what if maybe I'm not eligible for all of those systems, but then within the county there's, there's systems there. We're having at the fair, for example, we have the Maryland Conservatory of Music is going to come in and talking about music therapy. And we're having um, a group come in to talk about equine therapy. They're actually going to bring a, uh, a mechanical horse and talk about how that works in there. So and I could go on and on with a different, a lot of, in homelessness, we also, we had a veteran recently talk about, contact us about, you know, they lost their home. Where do they go next? So we put them in contact with some of the the, the county people that could help them out and, and get this gentleman someplace right up back on the road to, to, to get a home. So you know, there, there's a lot of different ways that we go. Kind of we tailor it based upon the information that we get from the individual, and then we, we take it from there. A little shout out to Kathy Schmidt and Chesapeake Therapeutic Riding for always stepping up for things like this. Um, <clears throat> is there something about veterans, um, or is this just, just, does it just seem this way, that veterans are, 
less likely to reach out. Um, is that a overgeneralization, or is are they are they are they less likely to to go searching for these resources? Is it an issue of really finding them and educating them and making making it easy for them to find and uh, access uh, and 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 access these resources and services. And I think there's really two parts to that. One is veterans reaching out to the guy, and I'd say in most cases, veterans will try to do it themselves, been used to doing it themselves, and a lot of times don't want to go for that, that help and say, I, I can do it, I've got it, it's under control. And so, and that's why we emphasize with our resource fair and with our organization, that is the veteran and the families because it's a, it's a total package and sometimes it's the spouse or the child and we I've had that a couple times where it's been a spouse and, and a couple times where the, the the grown children have called and said you know my dad's a veteran he needs this he doesn't want to do it what can you do how can you help um, what what can we do so there's there's that part of it and the other the other thing is the resources that are out there and the resources and the availability and the rules, uh, say the rules, the, the government, of course, changes almost every day of what's available, what's not available, and it's, I would say, it's darn near impossible to navigate it by yourself. You can go on all the VA websites, you can go on all the Maryland VA, you can go on all these websites, but unless you're an expert in that particular field, you may miss something. And that's what we're here for, is to try to put that person in contact with that individual or individuals or organizations that can help help them out. So that's it's kind of both ways there. And that can make the difference for them because if, if they go in the wrong door and end up searching through forms and FAQs for two hours and never talking to a live person, you know, it's human nature. Well, I'm not going to put myself through this anymore and keep on just, you know, it gets frustrating. Um, so that's a very interesting point about it. just having the, someone who knows. No, don't waste your time doing that. Check with this. Go to this resources. This is what's gonna where you're gonna find the most success. Um, someone who can make intros, etc. So I can't I, I can't imagine the difference that makes. Uh, what's what's uh, number of veterans and fe veterans family members in Harford County? Do we have any? Um, sense of I, that uh, I you know that's I have I have that I don't have that with me right now but yeah it's we're about and I may have this wrong about the third or fourth largest veteran population within Hartford County of all of all the counties within within Maryland really yeah, so we have a and with, with Aberdeen Proving Ground a lot of a lot of the veterans they, they stay around and a lot of people move in here uh, they move into Hartford County because it's fantastically close you know, for business to to uh, commute down to Baltimore, to commute down to uh, down to D.C. or up to Philadelphia, so there are a large number of veterans here, uh, and we're, that's why we're trying to reach out to help them and for them, the veterans that are here, to help other veterans because there's a lot of that. You know, veterans want to help other veterans, so we want to put them in contact with the right people. And, and um, just give us some sense of. <clears throat> the issues and challenges that veterans have, um, and does it, you know, I imagine it differs from someone who's older and a Korean War vet or uh, a little younger Vietnam 
the desert uh, or Middle Eastern, uh, Middle East wars, uh, people who were uh, active duty for a long time, but uh, maybe not in any um, in battle zones. What are some of the things, the different kinds of issues and challenges they face where they <coughs> where we can help them? Well, a lot of it, as we earlier mentioned, is you know, finding where to go. And then it's navigating the, the paperwork. You mentioned the older veterans. And I'm receiving more and more calls from people who are Korean War veterans. And in, uh, you know, in some cases, World War II, not so much so, but in Vietnam, that said when they got out of the military, when they became a veteran, they really didn't look into any of the benefits. They didn't look into what was happening. But now as they get older, and maybe it's them and maybe it's a spouse, and in one case it was a spouse that says, you know, he, he can't hear the TV. What? He's a veteran. What, what, what can you do? How can you put him in contact? He said, and going through that process of, again, navigating the, the paperwork for the, the VA and everything else, help, helping them out there. Uh, and that's, a lot of that is for the, you know, for the, the older veterans. For the, the younger veterans, is, and they're very good, very savvy, very <coughs> tech savvy, is putting them in touch with the right people, particularly within the VA. The VA is going under a, a major, major renovation and uh, changing a lot of things around to make all their websites and everything much more veteran-friendly, much more intuitive. And there's kind of that perception amongst a lot of different veterans organizations that, um, you know, of, of negativity, that I don't want to go there, that that's, they're not going to help me, they're not going to do anything. And that's where we can help get through some of those walls, break through some of those brick walls, and say there are people out there that are going to help you. Do you see progress being made at the VA? Uh, I mean, this was a 20-year 20, 20 national disgrace, uh, as far as I'm concerned. Um, what, uh, what the politicians uh, on both sides uh, allowed that bureaucracy to be, become. Do you see progress? Oh, Definitely, I, I see it. I mean, you just and you look at the, uh, you know, look at the, the social media sites, as well as people going on, and just use, kind of as an example, they own the VA Maryland healthcare system here. At not too long ago, I'm saying, I, about three or four years ago, it had one of the far the wait times was was near the bottom of the country. Recently, they were at the top. They're the number one for less wait times. I mean, it's just been major transformations. A lot of it is, you know, turning over people, and it's a whole, they emphasize a thing uh, within the VA of, you know, patient family center care, that whole taking everything, looking at whole health, looking at a lot of different, a lot of different things that really has transformed the VA into be a much more friendly place. Again, not, you know, there's still those instances, those, there still are, are those things that, that happen out there, but the feedback we're getting now is, um, just this, earlier this week, I was at the Dublin Darlington um, County Board meeting out there, and several people came back and said they'd heard the same thing. That then they were the, they were patients, and they said it's it's dramatic. Just within the last three or four years, their turnaround is dramatic. So for those people who've stayed away from VA or from seeking help, and whether for a county agency or another agency, you know, come talk to us and come talk to the the, the commission, and we'll, we'll put you in touch with the right people. Oh, that's great. Um, that is great. Um, Four-month wait, four waits for a primary care appointment um, and things like that. So, folks, they're making it better. Um, come see the Harford uh, 
Commission on Veterans Affairs. And again, um, the resource fair is October 7th. Um, there's over at, at least 20 uh, organizations and providers of resources, et cetera, that will be there. Yeah, we have, we have 20, 27 right now are scheduled to, to arrive. So yeah, we've, we've got quite, quite a few. So housing, education, uh, benefits, health care, jobs, to name a few, uh, chance to, to, to meet and talk with other veterans, uh, which can often make a difference, just, just connecting with someone who, who's been there, um, done that, as, uh, as, as you folks uh, uh, say. Uh, October 7th, Veterans Resource Fair. Um, it's at, at the Bel Air Armory. Okay. And just go to Harford. Uh, CountyMD.gov, and just go to the um, Harford County Commission on Veterans Affairs section, <coughs> and you will find all that info. Um, and some of the other things we, we wanted to ask you about, like I, there's reentry issues, there's PTSD and other psychological uh, adjustments that these brave folks have to make, um, and, and some other things that are still um are still being studied like for instance particular issues relating to women veterans um uh, and it's often because it's 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 newer ground it's only 20 30 years for the most part where there's been um a, a, a huge segment of the of our service member population. Uh, talk about that or um, anything. Um, uh, are there a lot of services now that are starting to, to focus on particular adjustment issues and reentry issues for women veterans? Yes, there are. I mean, that's that, that is a, one of the major issues and challenges that all the organizations, the veterans organizations, are, are working with working with right now. I know that, and I've heard from the, the Maryland VA, and I see on their, their websites that they're doing a lot of outreach and particularly targeted towards women veterans and how they can help women veterans with all of the myriad of, 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 different, of different issues that are going on. The, uh, the federal VA also has a women's veterans program manager, women, women's veterans resources and helps and sections and there's, and the number, because the number of women veterans is growing so significantly and they're coming into the systems. And with all the different special issues, and we also, again, that's why we kind of tie in with some of the different county agencies that help out with women issues and health issues and things like that, that may, psychological issues, all those types of things that we try to tie in the different organizations to help out with those, those special needs. And, and I guess it's oh, so much of the battle is, is just convincing these folks they're not alone, and they shouldn't be alone. And nothing—nothing uh, nothing they're going through is—it's <coughs> it, it, it's stuff that a lot of folks are going through, and it's normal. Um, and just to, what it can be just a short road. To adjustment and 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 recovering and finding benefits and resources, if um, they just talk to you folks and talk to folks who were there 
to help them. So, <coughs> excuse me, I have a frog in my throat. Um, so, apologies out there. And uh, the other thing is um, talents that many veterans have due to their training and experience. Uh, talents is another personal traits that can make them <coughs> very valuable employees. Um, and you've spent your life either in the service or training folks in the service. Talk about that a little bit. I mean, <coughs> the veteran, a lot of the veterans are used to adversity, They're used to overcoming challenges, uh, used to working on a multitasking, doing a lot of things, and and even something as simple as you know, used to coming to work on time. You know, I hear that so much from uh, from different companies of just just you know having the people show up on time and when they're at, at you know at work work. And the, the veterans are used to that. They're they're used to the not afraid of hard work, not afraid uh, of of going out and initiative, trying different things. Um, I talked to a veteran lately, and he was talking about a veteran-owned company that, that he worked with, and he, he said that's the main thing. We're, we're looking out, we're going out for veterans because we know that they'll come on, they're, they like to get trained, they're used to training, they're not afraid of a challenge, and they'll stick with a project, and, they, and it's just great. We like to have that type of a work ethic that we don't always find. Not that it's not out there, but we're pretty sure when we get a veteran in that they're going to have that type of a work ethic. So uh, punctuality, discipline, um, <clears throat> probably a, a work ethic, um, uh, and a very low talk to effort ratio, <laughs> because they're used to doing, not talking, which all of us employers, um, those are very valuable things. So... Um, and it's something that is often forgotten how, you know, this is a workforce, a potential workforce that just the, the, the traits you mentioned, that that's how they were trained. That's how they succeeded um, by just doing, um, walking instead of talking, right, as they say. Uh, it, it, right, right. And, and you know, team, teamwork is part of it, too. You're used to being on a team, used to helping each other out. And that's the one thing that I, I really found is that, you know, I always say, you know, the, the old saying, you know, got your six, got your back. You know, they're, we'll, we'll help, each, again, help each other out. I think there's a somewhat of a misperception, too, that, well, I'm hiring this, this veteran, and he just used to taking orders all the time, which could not be further from the truth because we're taught, you know, what do you do in the absence of orders? How what do you, when the boss isn't around, how do you act? What do you do? So you have, you have that as well, that some of those have to be looking over your shoulder all, all the time. So there's a lot of those, those good traits. Well, you were an, art, uh, you were an art, artillery man at, heart, at, at the core, right? Is it, yes. Is this, yeah. um, I, I, just, I thought of this, I was, I was reading a story, um, you know, and you could speak to this. Imagine it's um, it's 90 degrees out. You're 80 miles from any kind of real logistical support or supplies. You're working with a few tons of, of machinery. Uh, there's uh, particulates and dust in the air so thick you could you could you could see them. 
and you're trying to keep these machines that can operate at the thousands of degrees working and there's incoming <laughs> you can't you can't go down to Walmart and, and buy a coil or something like that talk about that because it's because you see a state highway crew you know they they may have some they may, a fuse may have blown or a little hydraulic hose may have come off and like eight people shut down for the day <laughs> I always wanted to just take us there for a minute. It, it, I can't imagine what uh, it's I like. It's, you know, I, I can think of a lot of different instances there. And uh, you know, part of all, I think everybody in the military go, goes through the, the maintenance type of things. And there were, when I was a motor officer for a while, we had that where our vehicles were down and we had to go. Again, you have to get things combat ready. And in, 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 in Aberdeen, you know, just a shout out to them. Um, when I worked there for a while, they do a lot of things of battlefield ex experience. And, but getting back to what, what you're talking about there. Yeah, if something goes down, you can't say, well, I'm going to wait till tomorrow, I'm going to wait till this. Uh, many times where we said, okay, what are we going to do? And I think that's where you get the initiative and, and the creativity of how do I, okay, this is broken. What can I do to get this this running? Whether that be a, a computer system, a box in there, a, a tire, uh, a different shaft somewhere else. How can you get that? So yeah, there's there's that. We're we're not gonna not gonna take no. You're just gonna have to, you're gonna have to get that thing get that thing ready, get it up, and get and get it going. And there's people. It, it, it's an embarrassment if your vehicle can't go to the field. If you can't get out there, it is really an embarrassment when you're in the garrison situation. When you're in a combat situation, as many of us were, you don't have that choice. You you're, you've got to get that up. You've got to know what, what's going on. And they're being. And that's the other thing I'd say for the technology and the training and right down down the road here at Aberdeen, people are being trained at the highest levels on how on how to do that. It's amazing. It's amazing. I, you, you, just, you just there's no, no is not an option. Um, I, I love that. <clears throat> and um, we have a, a little more on this for the resource fair that that commission at HartfordCountyMD.gov is the direct site. The phone number is 410-638-3523. And please, <clears throat> if you're out there, tell five five folks you know about it. Tell who are friends of vets, who are vets, and just tell them to show up. It's It could change their lives, uh, literally, in, in a lot of different ways. And that's um, uh, October 7th. Uh, at the Bel Air Armory, the Veterans Resource Fair, and um, and we thank you, Bob, for stepping up and volunteering. I'm sure a lot of your time to help pull this together, and the other board members, and certainly a shout out to Captain Jim um, for everything you do. This is so important. And we're gonna uh, skip our break, and if you'll stick around, we have about another five, seven minutes. Uh, and we'll just, we're just going to talk about, um, as usual, some amazing things um, going on at the library. I have a great story about the library yesterday. Yeah, do you want to share now? Um, uh, yeah. I had a business meeting. We decided at the library, up on the third floor of Bel Air Library. And we were there, it was just two of us, and we had our computers, and we were working and mostly doing notes and talking low 
no one else in the room. <clears throat> and I noticed all the um, tables had, don't clean up after yourself. Leave the stuff, leave the materials out. Um, and I thought, well, that's nice. It's a, it's a service, but then I read the placard because the library is researching what resources people are using what periodicals they're reading, what books they're taking out, what there's demand for. And um, I thought it was, it was great. So many companies could learn from this. They leave it out, we'll put it away. And in the process, we're going to know what, you know, the, the 150 people who were here today, what they used. Mm -hmm. um, so I thought that was great. Cool. And I saw your CEO last night at a <coughs> fundraiser and I well, good. Yeah, I mean, that really is important to us. We want to know what the community needs so we can make sure that we're giving it to them and, and make sure that we're focusing on, you know, the areas where where our usability is, is most desired. So I'm, I'm glad that you had a good experience. I, um, love, the, I love the binge boxes, too. <laughs> aren't they great? There's, they, uh, they're they're so popular are... right now. They're flying off the shelves ever since we've put them out. Yeah. Are you familiar with what binge boxes no. are, Bob? Um, so, for example, if I want to binge watch a bunch of action movies. We have an action movie box and it includes three or four movies. You can rent the box for the weekend, take it home, watch it with your kids, have some popcorn, have a family night. You can have date night. There's, you know, John Wayne flicks. There's all sorts of stuff. So we're trying crime, to... Crime. Crime film. Yeah, like really popular series. Like it's, it's just a really great you know, new program, and they are flying off the shelves and, and have since we first put them out. So, something we're excited about as well. Great. Yeah. Um, so, we have lots of things happening over the next two weeks at the library. So, I want to try to give everyone um, just a brief rundown. Um, but everything that I mentioned um, today, you can go to the library's website at hcplonline.org. Um, check out our calendar. We have um, web slides right at the top of our our web page you can just click on one of the slides if um, something looks interesting and take you for more information so here we go um, first I want to make sure everyone knows about our local food drive um, we are collecting um, non-perishable food items through Saturday September 30th at all branches um, we've partnered with Hartford Community Action Agency and the Shar Hope Foundation um, for a local food drive to benefit the Hartford Community Food Pantry and Food Bank and this food drive is really critical to Hartford County right now. Um, many of our usual food donation sources are diverting their donations to those in need in Texas and Florida. And I'm sure you all have heard also about Maria that's um, passing through right now and has really devastated Puerto Rico. So Only um, all three and a half million residents of Puerto Rico have no power. Only all of only them. Only all of them. And of course, they've been accepting <clears throat> you know, refugees from the other islands, the U.S. Virgin Islands and others that have been devastated. They open their doors to them to, um, you know, to find a safe haven. And, and they're now, you know, their island is just in, in tatters right now. So, you know, as they should, our, our local... Um, grocery stores and other um, sources are, are diverting their donations, but we need to make sure that we're also helping um, those that are in need right now. Um, uh, Shar Hope Foundation um, and the library yesterday took our first load of donations um, over to the food bank, and those shelves are bare, folks. So please look through your cabinets, stop by the grocery store, pick something up, just get a, a couple of extra things. Um, 
and take them to one of the branches. Um, if you are, um, you know, gathering donations and you need help getting them to the food drive, um, give us a call. Um, try to get to my attention, Jennifer Button, and I will be more than happy to, to help facilitate that for you. Um, we want to make sure that we're getting that food over to them. So we took about 300 pounds of food yesterday just in our first um, delivery. So we're expecting lots more. And hats off to, to you, Jen, and to Mary and the team. I want to take a little credit for helping yeah. get this thing started. But I just happened to mention it in passing, and Jennifer had already thought of it. And within a day, there was collection points at every one of our branches. So... Great stuff. The uh, library did the same thing for P Perry Point wish list yes. um, six months ago. And we, we delivered, what, 35 cartons? Yeah, at least 35. Yeah. Toiletries and games and um, yeah. new, new underwear. New underwear, not used underwear. <laughs> That's what the yeah. Perry Point told they us. They had to put that in parentheses. <laughs> it has to be new underwear. Yeah, but and hats off to the community, too, for really stepping up and, and helping us support these <clears> initiatives because without folks donating to us, we could not have done that by ourselves. So we're asking for your help again. Uh, we also have on Monday, uh, September 25th at 6 o'clock at the Abingdon Library, we have a pop-up author event. Reverend and Emmy Award winning um, veteran broadcast television reporter Tim Tootin will be at the Abingdon Library. He's from WBAL-TV. Um, there's going to be a discussion and book signing of his new book. It's called Leading by Example, A Parental Guide to Teaching and Modeling Christian Faith at Home. Books will be available for purchase and signing. The event itself is free and open to the public. We do suggest you register, but it's not required. Um, so you can find that information on our website as well. We have um, Tuesday, September 26th at the Edgewood Library. Uh, we have a travel log with John Butler. He's going to be talking about the beauty and wonders of Iceland. He's a photographer and travel enthusiast. Um, so if you want to learn more about Iceland, definitely go and check that out. Um, Wednesday, September 27th at 6.30 at Abingdon, uh, we will have... Um, Another author event, uh, the program is called The Impact of Incarceration, Incarceration on Children. Um, author Becky Bertha, uh, she wrote Far Apart, Close at Heart, Being a Family When a Loved One is Incarcerated. Um, she's going to discuss how and why she wrote the book, the effects of parental incarceration on children and what some people are doing about it. The program itself is geared towards adults. <coughs> children are welcome to attend. There will be a small craft activity. Um, happening while parents are engaged in the discussion. Um, registration is recommended for this event as well, but not required. Um, September 30th at Habit Grace Library, 10.30 a.m., we're having a personal safety for women lecture. Uh, it is uh, presented by Habit Grace Police Chief Teresa Walter, focusing on prevention and survival signals, um, intuition, and, and just personal safety. Um, it is geared towards adults. Um, but certainly bring your, um, your older teens as well, um, just to, as Bob was mentioning, trying to prevent a crime of opportunity, really just by being self-aware uh, and ensuring that you're being safe. Um, October 2nd through December 1st, we will be hosting the Artifacts of Outlander exhibit at the Bel Air Library. Uh, we will also be having a portion of that exhibit at the Habity Grace Library. 
Um, so this is really, uh, really cool. It's 18th century colonial area, era artifacts from Maryland and how they compare to the Outlander television series on stars, which is really just a hot program right now. Um, so there will be lots of programs and events for all, all ages related to the exhibit happening throughout the months of October and November. Um, so some really cool stuff. Um, we have the Seventh Wish book discussion at Falston Library, Tuesday, October 3rd, 4 to 5 p.m. And it's for grades 6 through 8. Um, and we really want to get folks excited about this. Um, it's um, teens around Harford County, and they're going to discuss Kate Messner's book, The Seventh Wish, um, and the challenges that we're facing in our community regarding the heroin epidemic. Um, this is one of many book discussions that are happening right now with grades th six through eight in preparation for Kate Mesner's um, visit to the library on November 8th. She'll be doing a book discussion at the Abingdon Library and we'll be talking more about that and Kate will also be joining us on a future show in advance of, of her book discussion. So, um, you know, if you have um, children, please, in that age group, please, you know, stop by the library, pick up a copy of this book read it with your um, with your youth, have them read it, talk about it, but this is a chance for them to kind of talk about it um, and really get that conversation started because the heroin epidemic, as Bob mentioned, is so prevalent right now and we want to make sure that we are educating our youth as well as, as engaging the adults. Um, and then um, something a little bit more lighthearted, Thursday, October 5th, Norrisville Library, Bob is hosting Beatles Trivia. Um, I'm there. So uh, bring your team, come and join a team. Um, we do ask you to, to take a look at the website and check on registration, um, but you are invited to attend if you love the Beatles. I know Bob does. Amen. Um, and then I just wanted to talk to you a minute about one of our new services. We have mobile printing up in all of our branches now. So you can use your personal computer or your mobile device to print to the library's printers from anywhere. You just submit your documents for pr printing and come to the library to release and pick up your document using your library card. So for those of you like me that don't have a printer at home, I can type up my document, send it to the library using my library card, and then just stop by and pick it up when I'm there um, picking up my books as well. So lots of diverse things happening, wow. lots of exciting stuff happening. <clears throat> Um, we're really excited about most of it, so please, again, go to hcplonline.org um, to find out more information about all of these things. Is that all you got? I mean, I have more, but I feel like that's all the time I've got. <laughs> uh, uh, I can talk just, for days. It's just great stuff, it's, and it's, so, it's targeted, and it's based upon just, like, leave your stuff on the table, and we'll put it away so we know what you're using. Um it's all based on that. There's not a lot of stuff. Well, let's, we have an idea. Let's put it into place without thinking about who needs it, what it's going to mean to them, etc. Mm -hmm. And we have about three minutes left. I'm going to turn the tables a little on the two of you. I'm going to ask you some things. Oh, no. Uh -oh. Um, <clears throat> if the timeline of Earth was compressed into one year, mm -hmm. at what, when would humans show up? What day and approximately what hour? What day out of 365 days? Wow. I'm guessing pretty close to December 31st. That's the correct day. What hour? Um, the 11th. 
11.58 p.m. on December 31st. <laughs> Very good. Good job, Bob. If you were to dig a hole to the center of the earth and drop something down it, how long would it take to get there? Well, you, from your terminal ballistics and your, uh, <laughs> your, ve your, vector, your vector learnings and maximum, maximum velocity. Uh, I don't know, 12 hours? 42 minutes. Um, it picks up speed pretty good as it's going down. The and here's guys. something that would, <clears throat> do you believe, but it, it is true. We went to the moon before we thought to put wheels on suitcases. <laughs> <laughs> so there's always an idea out there. Um, give me an approximate stab as to when the company Nintendo was founded. I'll give it to you if you're within 30 years. 64. 1889. <gasps> what? Yeah, they, they had some kind of the mechanical company. thing. Oh, yeah. The same company was founded in the... Eight what? Nintendo. Uh, well, it's just like RCA or... Yeah. RCA is doing... What were they uh, doing? In um, I don't know. It, it was some mechanical type of thing. Um, I'm going to have to look that up now. Yeah, that's, I don't you, better, that you better research that, Bob, because next week that might be one of your questions. <laughs> uh, well, I'm curious now what they were doing. Um, the Earth is smoother than a billiard ball if both were the same size. In other words, the mountains mm -hmm. are, are right. s smoother than you know, the, the surface area, which I guess makes sense if... I don't even know what a billiard ball <clears throat> is made of, made of, do you? Um, pyrite? Probably some, some polymer of some sort. Yeah, um, what, what is it called? It's, um, let's sell you, um, pyrite? No, sell you, so, so I, there's an interesting story about that, how that was invented, uh, that uh, that material, um, and we have one more, and I, I just do you know Saudi Arabia imports most of their camels from Australia. I didn't even know Australia had camels. They had, yeah, they brought camels to uh, to Australia. I'm reading about that. Yeah. Okay. That's fascinating. Trying to be United States. Too. I still love the uh, we put wheels on suitcases. We went to the moon before we put wheels on suitcases. So. <laughs> Um, that's that, all. That's all. That's all the time we have for this, uh, for the, for the Hartford Edge. Um, thanks for listening and we will talk to you next week.